הרי נמלא כאשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים, שלוחנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים, שוכני עפר קדוש שמשר בארצנו. ובפחד רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו נחל נובע מכל חוכמה. רבנו נחמן מפגם את שמחה. נא נחל נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו כל ישראל אמן. So, בעזרת השם, today we're going to start and finish תורת צדיק א', תורה 91, which רבנו starts this תורה from the verse in Shemot chapter 20. וידבר אלוקים את כל הדברים האלה לאמור. And God spoke all these matters about all these matters, saying, etc., etc. Then over there, it starts bringing up everything that God uh, um, spoke about. Now, Rabbeinu is going to put that verse aside and come back to it at the end, end, end of the lesson. But we need a few hakdamot first, a few introductions. Okay. Rabbeinu teaches us, Dano. כי ההתקשרות באמת לצדיקים אמיתיים הוא תועלת גדול מאוד מאוד. Know that genuine and true attachment to the true צדיקים is a very very great benefit. כי על ידי זה, because when you merit to genuinely attach yourself to the true צדיקים, זוכין לתשובה שלמה לך פרת לבון, you merit complete תשובה, you merit atonement of sin, ונמתקין הדינין, judgments are sweetened, ונתבטלין לגמרי, and they're completely nullified actually. When you attach yourself to the true tzaddik and the true tzaddikim, you're able to unify a kadosh baruch and the divine presence together, God and His divine presence. Because it's brought in the Zohar, Parashat Vayigash, page 206b. Behold, the kings assembled, as brought down in the verse, in uh, Tehinim, uh, chapter 48, verse 5, that uh, the kings assembled, they gathered together. And what did the Zohar say on that verse? What is the Menachim that these, behold these kings assembled? Um, that what? The two holy worlds, the two sacred worlds. The supernal, the supernal world and the lower world. When they are joined as one, at that time all countenances are shining. And all sins are passed over. Ayen Shem, look over there in the Zohar Kadosh. Rabbeinu brings the Zohar to prove this idea of the Tzadikim. And now we're going to see how Chokhmah Ila'ah and Chokhmah Tata, or the upper world, the upper uh, world and the lower world, represent this uh, idea of upper wisdom and lower wisdom and how the Tzadik, and what the Tzadik has to do with all this. Okay. Kida, because we have to know. There's two aspects to wisdom. Chokhmah Ila'ah and Chokhmah Tata, there's supernal wisdom and there's lower wisdom. And this lower wisdom is derived from the supernal wisdom. And it nourishes itself and recedes from the, low, the upper wisdom. So the lower wisdom only has existence because of the upper wisdom. And this, is, this, this relationship is exactly like the relationship between the Rav, the teacher, and the Talmud, the student. Because that which the Rav teaches the student and that which the student receives from him is the aspect of upper wisdom and lower wisdom. Obviously the student being lower wisdom. And this supernal wisdom, meaning that which the Rav teaches the student, this is the aspect or represented by the letter Yud. And this which the student receives from the teacher, which represents lower wisdom, is in the aspect of Lamed. Why? Because the Lamed, if you take the letter Lamed, the way it's formed, 
is like a tower floating in the air. The letter Lamed um, has a piece that flies on top of the actual uh, horizontal bar of the Lamed and goes up. It floats in the air. And look at Rashi. And now, what did this have to do with anything? Because the heart flies in the air. And the heart of the student is listening to what the teacher is telling him. And with this, the student, um, um, or with this, the heart enables the person listening to understand what the Rav is saying. Meaning, whenever the heart flows in the, uh, flies in the air and suspends itself in the air, it makes itself a vessel to allow this person to listen to and to understand what the teacher is teaching him. Because the essential understanding of the student is dependent upon the heart. It's through the heart. Because the teacher needs to say, thing, say things to the student that settle upon the heart. Meaning that makes sense with the, person of, with the heart of the person. You cannot teach an 8-year-old which is fitting, uh, that which is fitting for a 27-year-old, you know? Meaning, they have to settle upon the heart, and depending on the heart of each and every person, will determine the word that the teacher gives. So, and what did the student need to do? It's a different avodah. He needs to apply the heart to contemplate about that which the teacher is speaking. To acquire wisdom when the heart is lacking. Meaning, it's impossible to acquire wisdom when the heart is lacking. It's a rhetorical question. How can you even acquire wisdom when the heart is lacking? Meaning, the only way to acquire wisdom is to put your heart out there and to pay attention. And therefore, therefore, the Talmid, which is receiving from the teacher, the student who receives from the teacher is in the aspect of the Lamed. That lower wisdom represents the Lamed. Because the Lamed is like a tower which floats in the air just like the heart does. And the heart is the key point, the, the, the necessary element for the student to understand. And this, if you take the letter, the, the word Lamed, it literally comes from the, the expression of Lamed, to learn from. Meaning the Talmid Lamed Me'arav, meaning the student who learned from the teacher. So we see that the Rav and the student, which represent upper wisdom and lower wisdom, are the aspect of the Yud and Lamed. Meaning the upper wisdom represents the Yud, the, the teacher. And the student represents the lower wisdom, the Lamed. Vedano, he la Torah Know that the entirety of the Holy Torah is the aspect of upper wisdom. And the entirety of all the wisdoms of this world are drawn from lower wisdom. And therefore, when these wisdoms of the world um, that nourish itself from this lower wisdom, we just explained, when they are separated, when they separate themselves from the Torah and from God Himself, which is the upper wisdom. So meaning when these wisdoms of the world separate themselves from the wisdom of the Torah, which is this upper wisdom, what happens? This is similar to when the student did not want to listen to what the Rav is teaching. Because the student represents the lower wisdom. When he doesn't want to attach itself to the upper wisdom, which is the teacher, this represents the waning of the moon. When the moon um, becomes smaller throughout the month. And what is the waning of the moon represent? It's a symbol for the exile of the divine presence. When the moon is in its full state, that represents when the moon is in its perfection. 
But the Galut Ashina, the exile of the Divine Presence, is when the moon is waning, because the moon is a symbol of the Divine Presence, as we know. Because each and every person, as he is, wherever he is placed, spiritually, or on the rung of wisdom, whatever it is, he needs to attach himself, or attach his intellect, at the level that it's at. What does he need to do? He needs to take his wisdom, wherever it is, no matter how big or small it is, and attach it to the Torah and Hashem. And attach it to that upper wisdom. That's all he needs to do with his wisdom, even if it's big or small. The work is the same for every person, which is what? Bind it to God. Bind it to the upper wisdom. Bind it to the Torah. But if a man separates his intellect and his wisdom, God forbid, from God, this is what it mentioned. This is uh, what happened. It falls into the category of what is mentioned in Mishle. That the, the Nyagan, that the complainer or the I think that the maybe even the gossiper Mafrid Aluf he separates a leader, but Aluf can also be a close friend. But now Rabbeinu is going to take this idea she Mafrid Alufosh Olam. He he separates himself, he detaches himself from the leader of the world, from the Alufosh Olam, the the officer, the master of the world, God Himself. What did he do? He causes the waning of the moon, the blemish of the moon. By the fact that he did not attach his lower wisdom to the aspect of upper wisdom. Meaning he didn't attach the wisdom of this world to God and to the Torah, which is the aspect of upper wisdom, as we said. So this is like when a person goes to work, for example, he's engaging in the work that he's doing, which is an aspect of lower wisdom. That he did not bind it to God and to the Torah. That blemish in the moon is causing a galut and shechina. And there's a very big blemish with regard to this. Meaning all of our mundane actions, all the wisdom of this world that we engage in, has to be attached to Hashem. But these true tzaddikim, what's their job? They bind and they attach the lower wisdom to the upper wisdom. Because the conversations of these true tzaddikim, in which they converse in an aspect of mundane conversation, they tell they tell they speak in uh, in ways that are very like chol, very mundane. They don't sometimes their conversations are super unholy. It seems like, but Rabbeinu teaches us that when these tzaddikim are speaking mundane conversation, it's very very precious. It says, in the Gemara, that the conversations of the Talmudic scholars need study. Meaning, even the mundane conversations of a tzaddik need to be studied and need to be analyzed. Because the true tzaddik, when he's speaking mundane conversations, what's he doing? He's He's rebuilding destroyed worlds. And what's he doing? He's raising the lower wisdom and binding it to the upper wisdom. How? Through his mundane conversations, his storytelling, whatever it is. Whenever he's speaking with the common people, when he does this and he speaks in conversations in ways that don't seem holy, He's build, rebuilding these destroyed worlds and raising this lower wisdom to an aspect of upper wisdom. Because the intellect of these common people, they are not attached to Hashem Midbach, meaning they're not attached to upper wisdom. It's separated from upper wisdom. But the true tzaddik, what is he doing when he speaks to these common people and speaking to the, each person? Um, 
and each person uniquely according to his level. And the tzaddik is even able to do this publicly, where he's able to reach every single soul wherever, whatever that soul, for whatever that soul needs. And to provide the remedy to that person's soul. High or low, no matter what. So Rabban was saying, that's a true tzaddik. He's able to bind the intellect of these common people, which is lower wisdom. And even the intellect and the wisdom of this wicked person, he's able to bind it to Hula Hashem, he's back to God. And this is why the tzaddikim speak with people who aren't holy, who aren't proper, or even goyim. However, when the tzaddik speaks with a goy, with a gentile, the tzaddik removes the good from this person. And the goy remains empty with nothing. This is exactly what Moshe did with killing the Egyptian. Look at Tikkun Ezor, Tikkun Samachtet, page 113a of the Zohar Kadosh, Tikkun Ezor. Look over there. About what Moshe was really doing whenever he killed the Egyptian. What did that mean? He took all the good within him. It's an amazing idea. Because when the tzaddik speaks with a wicked man, and the tzaddik raises this wicked man, wicked man's intellect and binds it to God, then he's able to bind and elevate the intellect from whatever place it is, uh, whatever in whichever place it's situated in, and he's able to bind it to God. Because the true tzaddik he contracts his intellect, he makes his intellect smaller. Purposefully. And he's able to speak with them with awesome wisdom. And with a great, in great craft. And he's able to bind all these words to God. Meaning that Sadiq understands his audience. He's able to see the wicked man and what he needs to hear. And he's able to lower himself. To speak to this wicked man at the level that, that he's at. And bind the wicked man's intellect to God himself. Through this, he brings them to do teshuvah. Rabbi was teaching us that when you want to engage and bring people back, you cannot speak from the level on which you're at. You have to speak in the level in which they are at. And to understand not to reveal too much or too little. And it's a work that really only the true tzaddikim know. This is why we have to pray for it all the time. That when we speak with people, that God willing, we should continue to do so. But we do it in a way of humility in a way of not trying to flaunt, God forbid, our own wisdom. It's meant to contract yourself to speak to the person wherever he's at. And it's a great wisdom to understand this. Rabbeinu has many lessons about this idea. And Rabbeinu continues, and this is the aspect that was brought in Devarim, chapter 33, they placed themselves at your feet, accepting your word. And the Chachamim say in the Gemara Baba Batra, this is a reference to the Talmudic scholars, the Talmudic scholars, the Tzadikim. That they go and they pound their feet, going from city to city, and accepting and giving the words of God. Trying to bring the cities back to Yeshua, going from place to place. Spreading the word of Hashem. Because the true tzaddikim speak oftentimes with wicked people and speak with them about the news of the world and all these wars that occur, etc., etc., the news of the world. But within the, the mundane conversations that he's engaging in, He's enclosing and garbing within those conversations the, the great light of the Torah. Because he's enclosing the light of the Torah in different garments, one from another. 
until he garbs it in these words, until he encloses the letter of the Torah within these words of mundane conversation. And the letter of the Torah is garbed in other different combinations. And there's a beautiful story with regard to this, how Rabbeinu was once doing Shabbat, and uh, Rabbeinu's brother, Rabbi Yechiel, came and spent a Shabbat with Rabbeinu and all his students. Rabbi Yechiel was not a student of Rabbeinu at this point. But uh, for the first time, he sees on Shabbat how Rabbeinu is actually speaking Divrei Chol. And we know, according to the Zohar Kadosh and all these great tzaddikim that spoke about it, that it's, truthfully, it's really forbidden to speak about mundane conversation on Shabbat Kodesh. Shabbat is reserved specifically for holy conversation, for Torah, for singing. And what happens? Rabbeinu spends the entire Shabbat, Friday night, Saturday, the, the middle of the day, so does she speaking about things like horses, wars, this, that, news of what's happening in the town. And the brother, each and every meal, doesn't have the audacity to tell his brother, <laughs> Rabbi Nachman, that what he's doing is unacceptable. So he waits till after Shabbat, and he's bothered by this the entire Shabbat. He never spent a Shabbat this low in his life. And he goes to Rabbeinu after Shabbat, or Shabbat, and he comes to Rabbeinu and asks him, why did you speak like this? Uh, and he starts showing Rabbeinu that he was very disappointed and he didn't like it and he, he, he's not going to return for another Shabbat. And Rabbeinu basically told him he locked the room and for a few hours that night, Rabbeinu, till literally the light of the morning, and it's brought down to Moran, until literally, Rabbeinu, from that night, from Mote Shabbat, until the morning hours of Kiyat Shema, Rabbeinu was explaining to Rabbi Achil every single conversation he had. Because he asked Rabbi Yechiel, do you remember what we were speaking about? And Rabbi Yechiel was saying, no, because I don't, I don't try to pay attention to those mundane conversations. And Rabbeinu said, I remember everything we spoke about. And then Rabbeinu went to give a, 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 a Torah to Rabbi Yechiel, explaining how each and every one of his words had deep secrets of Torah hidden with everything, every single thing. To the point when Rabbeinu had to stop the conversation, he said it was already past Zman Kriyat Shema. We can already imagine what we're talking about here. Rabbi Yechiel went out crying. And at that point, he did, made himself a student to his brother, Rabbeinu. It's a very special story. But it teaches us what these tzaddikim engage. We're not talking about uh, uh, tzaddikim uh, that we think we know this, that. We're talking about these levels of tzaddikim. And yes, the, the greater the tzaddik, the more he's able to engage in this aspect of hiding the light of the Torah within the mundane conversations. But when Rabbeinu did this, it was a, a special thing that we cannot even imagine the the rectifications he was doing. So we see this idea. And now we continue. Tzadik immediately spoke a, a, a Torah. If he gave a lesson explicitly with the wicked man, the wicked man would become even more heretical and would become even more wicked. Because it says about the Torah that the Torah has two aspects to it, has two powers. Said in Hosea that what? The tzaddikim will walk with the Torah, but the poshim, the, the sinners, will stumble upon the Torah. Meaning that the sinners can use the Torah for their own negativity. Because it's brought down in the Gemara Yoma that if you merit the Torah, it becomes a, an elixir of life. But if you don't merit it, it becomes a poison. Meaning what? That if you listen to the Torah, you can literally t- that wicked people can literally take the Torah and halachot and do whatever they want with it and create their own laws to literally even become more wicked through the Torah. And now Rabbeinu explains, therefore, if, they were, if the tzaddik were to reveal to this wicked man the Torah as it is, 
he would become even more heretical because it would become a poison for him, God forbid, because he's so far from the Torah. So therefore, the tzaddik needs to garb the Torah with different combinations of words. As we see with Talmai, the king, when he designated 72 um, elders and each of the elders were basically guided by God God put in the heart of each and every one of these elders when Tamai ordered that the Torah be translated into Greek and all these languages to the 70 languages he brought all these 72 uh, Zekenim and um, told them to translate the Torah but God put in the heart of each and every one of these elders to enclose the Torah and other permutations with different words. And they wrote Elokim bara Bereshit. Instead of writing Bereshit bara Elokim, they wrote Elokim bara Bereshit. The Lord created in the beginning. Which is different. They brought down the Gemara Megillah, page 9. This story. And as explains there. Because if they wrote the Torah the way it was, Bereshit bara Elokim, what would have Talmai have said? That the beginning created God. Which is not the way we read it, obviously. But he, they wrote it specifically in the other order. <laughs> with guidance from God. So that he would not even become more um, wicked and heretical. This is why the tzaddikim, the true tzaddikim, need to speak with the common people. Mundane conversation. They enclose within the conversation of the Torah. And through these words, they bind the people from their level. Because they aren't so far from these words and these stories. That the tzaddik is speaking with them. Meaning they are closer to this mundane conversation than they are to the Torah. And with this, he's able to take the intellect of these wicked people, and or these common people, and to bind it up and to elevate it to God. And this is what we said above with regard to the Gemara. In the Gemara Yerushami Megillah. What did it say over there? That... Um, this is the one who's accepting and giving the words of God. As we said also above, um, that um, these that um, th- as it says in the verse in Tvarim, that they place themselves at God's feet, accepting His word. This is a reference to the Tamid Chachamim who place themselves at God's feet, and they trample their feet. They they walk with their feet, going from city to city, accepting Your word, basically spreading the word of Hashem Bach to all these cities. As we just explained. Meaning, why did the tzaddik travel all these cities and wander from place to place to share the Torah? It's an it's a, it's a, an analogy. It's an it's an explanation for this idea that the tzaddik, what he does is he speaks with every individual in the place in the in in which the individual is placed in, in the spiritual rung, and he speaks to each and every individual according to the individual and how much the individual can contain and possess. And he raises up these words and brings them to God. Because he binds these words to their source. Because what's the source? That the tzaddik binds it all to? Because he says the main thing is what to bind the chokhmah to the chokhmah. He brings it up to the supernal wisdom, which is God on the Torah. 
we find that tzaddik haemet mekasher chokma tadaim chokma ilah. We see that the tzaddik, the true tzaddik's task. What did he do? He binds lower wisdom to upper wisdom. And this is why that when the tzaddik passes away from this world, God forbid, that God has tremendous anguish from this. Because God does not want the death of the wicked people. He only wants them to benefit. He only wants their benefit. He only wants their good. That they merit to do teshuvah. God doesn't want the wicked man to die. He wants them to repent. And the tzaddik's entire job was to bind and elevate these wicked people to God and make them return back in returning to God. Because he binds the lower wisdom with the upper wisdom. And this is why the Hashem is so pained because the tzaddik is the vessel for this task to bring these wicked people back. And this is what is brought down in the Midrash in Dvarim Rabbah at the end. And it's also brought in the Gemara Sota, Kadmit Moshe Rabenu, when Moshe Rabenu passed away, Tzvach Kutcha Berichu, God screamed, Vai, oi, mi yakum li imeraim, who will rise up for me against evildoers? Meaning, who is going to be the tzaddik who stands on my behalf to bring those evildoers back, basically. And now Rabenu is going to take a chidush within this phrase that's so special. Who will rise up for me? Li, for me. Li, that God says in the verse. Rabban was saying, pay attention to the word Li. For me, God says. Because what's Li? Said Li is the Lamed, and the Yud represents the upper wisdom. Meaning, well, it's the binding of the lower wisdom and the upper wisdom. Shem, Lamed Yud, which represents the Lamed and the Yud. Li, which represents the Li, as we just said. That the Lamed represents this tower which is floating in the air, just like the heart of the student, which has to float in the air to accept the words of the teacher. That's the lower wisdom. And then the teacher himself is the aspect of Yud. It's the intellect which he brings down into the student. Hanu. Meaning what? Meaning who's going to elevate and bring up and bind this concept of Li. Meaning the lower wisdom to the upper wisdom. And it says in the verse, with the evildoers. Meaning what? Meaning, who's going to elevate this lower wisdom from all the evildoers in the world? And to bind them to God, and to elevate it towards this supernal wisdom, which represents this concept of Li, binding the lower to the upper. The binding of the lower wisdom with the upper wisdom. Because Moshe Rabbeinu upon him be peace. It is certain that he was very, very capable of doing this. To elevate this lower wisdom from all the evil doers and the wicked people in the world. Um, and like we mentioned above. And therefore, the main thing is this. Bind yourself to the true tzaddikim. Rabbeinu is saying some of all matters of this entire book is one thing. Bind yourself to the true tzaddikim. Because the tzaddik's main job is what? To lift up and to bind the lower wisdom of each and every individual to the supernal wisdom. Meaning his entire job is to bring people like us close to God. And then from the blemish of the moon, the moon will turn into a full moon. It's an aspect of redemption. The Shekhinah will be brought and unified with the Kadosh Baruch Hu, as we said at the beginning, that when a person genuinely attaches himself to the Tzaddik, 
he rectifies the moon and rectifies the blemish of the moon which took place at the beginning of time. And he causes this aspect of redemption as we know it's brought down in Sefer Hamidot and Rabbi Israel Be'er He spoke about this many times. That the redemption is dependent upon attaching yourself to the tzaddikim. That's the main thing of everything. Attach yourself to the tzaddikim because they have all the advice to bring us from this lower wisdom to upper wisdom. Rabenu. As I was reading in Sikhot Aran today, something beautiful. The Rabbeinu was sitting with all the students. And he was telling them that, he said, if God was small like me, then it would be enough the service that you guys are doing right now. Because if God is small, then what you're doing right now is enough. But, because God is so very big and He's so great, and Rabbeinu started lifting up His hands to start showing the greatness of Hashem, started lifting up His hands and expanding His hands to show that Hashem is infinite. Rabbeinu said, but because God is infinite and He's not like a human being like me, He's so big. So we have to constantly strive for more. And that's why Rabbeinu said, it's not enough for me to see you guys just to be upright people. I want you guys to be complete tzaddikim. So what is the true tzaddik? A tzaddik like Rabbeinu, what's his job? He's not, it's not sufficient enough for him to see his students just be good, simple Jews. He wants them to become true tzaddikim. <laughs> he wants them to become tzaddikim gumoim. And how do you do that? It's very simple, as Rabbi Nathan teaches us. Attach yourself to the tzaddik and nullify what you think you know. So we continue. And this is what it says. Behold, the kings assembled. They passed over together. Meaning what? As we brought down the Zohar, when the kings met united will. Sorry. We brought down the Zohar, Parashat Vayigash, in the Zohar that we mentioned above, but this is a continuation. Thus, when the, uh, when the kings met in united will, when their will was united together, their Re'ut, their Ratzon was brought together, all the enforcers of judgment were subdued and removed from the world. All the Dinim were removed. So now we explain the Zohar. Now it makes sense that when you attach yourself to the true tzaddikim, all dinim are nullified. All judgments are nullified. And then what happens? It's in the aspect of his brother Melachim. That Shlomo's wisdom grew greater. The Arabic translation for that is what? That the moon became great. And now this makes sense. Because exactly what Rabbeinu said. Because Shlomo was this aspect of what? Binding this lower wisdom to the upper wisdom. Meaning what? Now we feel the blemish of the moon. And now all judgments are nullified and all sins are atoned for. Look at the level we're talking about here. And in many different places. Look in the Zohar Kadosh. Um, I believe in... Uh, <clears throat> in Sefer Bereshit, not Zohar Parashat Bereshit, but Sefer Bereshit, page 74a, if I'm not mistaken. But nonetheless, Rabbeinu says that it's brought down in many different places. What did it say in the Zohar? That the essential um, sweetening of judgment and atonement for sins and the perfection of all lights and the filling of the blemish of the moon and the rectification of all the worlds. Everything occurs through one thing. Whenever you bind the lower world to the upper world. Which represents what? 
which represent binding the lower wisdom to the upper wisdom. And how is this done through the tzaddik? tzaddik. All of this is done through the tzaddik. Who is able to bind the lower wisdom with the upper wisdom through his conversations. Who encloses and garbs the light of the Torah within his worldly conversations. And this is the beauty of Sipurei Masyot. <clears throat> that can speak to every neshama from the biggest tzaddik to the biggest rasha. And this is what it says. It says in the verse, and God spoke. Et. What does that mean? When it says speaking, it's a language of zivug, of joining together, and binding together. And it says, They saw her speaking, as it brought down in Ketuvot, page 13. This idea of joining together. Look in the Gemara to both for more explanation on that. I myself don't 100% understand it. Um, I'd have to look over there. Elohim et. When it says, Vadaber um, Elohim et. And God spoke. What does it mean, God? Elohim and et. Elohim represents upper, Elohim et represents upper wisdom and lower wisdom. Why? Elohim When it says Elohim, this represents. Lower wisdom, Kanudaz is brought down as is known. Look in the Zohar for this idea that Elohim represents this lower wisdom. Et, when it says Et, this represents the upper wisdom. Bechinat Et Hashemayim, it is brought down the verse. Et Hashemayim, the Hashemayim is Et, the heavens is Et. What's the heaven? It represents that which is supernal. Meaning, one needs to bind the lower wisdom with the upper wisdom. You need to bind Elohim with the concept of Et. You need to bind Elohim, the lower wisdom, with the aspect of Et, which is the upper wisdom. And how is this created? Through what it says at the end of the verse, those words saying, those matters saying, sorry. Meaning what? Meaning the tzaddik who is including those words. Meaning what? Meaning the words of Torah. He's encoding the words of Torah within the worldly conversation that he's engaging in. This is what it says. When it says it's an expression of halbasha and clothing. How do you know this? That God carried out his word. His word. And what is the explanation of his word? It's an aspect of levush clothing. So we see when it says lemor, it's an aspect of emrato in the verse necha, which is an expression for clothing. So hadvarim those words of the Torah are enclosed in this aspect of lemor in the worldly conversations. And now that the tzaddik he encloses the light of the Torah within the worldly conversations, through this he binds the lower wisdom with the upper wisdom, as we mentioned above. Ba'uch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Amen. Blessed is God forever. Amen and Amen.